For over a decade, the Zen Parenting Radio podcast has been sharing self-awareness, mindfulness, and how we can better understand and relate to our children. The hosts, Todd and Kathy Adams, share the most up-to-date research about parenting and personal growth, while also sharing their personal experiences. Don't miss out on how to live a life filled with connection and meaning. Follow or subscribe Zen Parenting Radio today. Are you attached to being right? Do you find it difficult to have your beliefs challenged? If so, how do we learn to chill out and get a bit more loosey-goosey about our worldview? Welcome to Mindfulness for Beginners. Hello my friend, I hope you're happy, I hope you're peaceful. It's your old pal Sean with another steaming bowl of spiritual Irish stew. If you're enjoying the podcast, then I invite you to become a supporter of the show on Patreon. The link is in the description. There's lots of exclusive content there. Please do check it out. King Gustav III of Sweden was, it's fair to say, an odd chap. Dressing up as a pirate, trying to regulate hats, he was unusual even by the standards of 18th century monarchs. But top of the list was his love-hate relationship with coffee, which I can very much relate to. Gustav drank coffee himself, but believed vehemently that coffee was dangerous to people's health after reading a post on Facebook. No, he read a paper by a French physician called Chatelet, which speculated that excessive coffee consumption might be harming the population. He levied heavy taxes on coffee and even tried banning it, but nothing would stop the Swedes from enjoying their daily cup of joe. His courtiers even pointed out to him that his subjects going out for coffee to socialise rather than alcohol was probably a good thing. So Gustav decided to test whether he was right or not and found two brothers who were due to be executed. He reduced their death sentences to life imprisonment if they agreed to be part of his experiment. One brother would drink three pots of coffee every day, the other three pots of tea, which, if you're going to have a life sentence, sounds like a pretty civilised way to go about it. Of course the brothers agreed, why wouldn't you? And the experiment began. So, did the coffee experiment change Gustav's beliefs about the health risks? Well, sadly not. Gustav wasn't hugely popular, mainly due to him picking fights with Russia and trying to centralise power. At one of his masquerade balls, the ones that he liked to dress up as a pirate for, a group of his nobles decided to shiver his timbers by assassinating him, which ultimately led to parliamentary democracy in Sweden. I can hear you say, come on Sean, forget about the evolution of political institutions in Sweden. What happened with the coffee guy? Well, both the coffee brother and the tea brother lived well into their 80s, massively outliving the physicians that oversaw the experiment. Their only real punishment was having to pee 17 times a day. What's the point of this story? Is there any point to this story? Well, while Gustav's views were not really based on reality, and you can't run an experiment with a sample size of two, he was prepared to recognise the uncertainty of his beliefs and challenge them. And it feels like that's what's starting to slip in the current climate. There's sometimes an unwillingness to engage with people with different views to your own, to challenge our own view of the world. The internet has become a a double-edged sword. Originally it was an opportunity to be exposed to the values and viewpoints of people across the world, but we've now ended up with systems where the only people we're exposed to are those who agree with us, which can feel 
comforting and validating. But then when we do hear the opinions that differ from ours, they can seem strange and uncomfortable and wrong. Pre-internet, we resolve differences of views through a kind of collective consciousness in our communities. People debated and sometimes fell out with others with different views. And through that process, we arrived at a shared perspective on how things should be. You were influenced by the community and the community was influenced by you. I don't have a rose-tinted view of this. I grew up in a small community and it can also result in people being ostracised or worse. But what we're starting to lose the ability to do as a collective consciousness is to exchange views in a way that isn't adversarial. Discussing our beliefs doesn't need to be like a team sport with one side winning and the other side losing. It can be carried out in a way that tries to understand the life experience of the person that led to them having that perspective. Thich Nhat Hanh had a hugely helpful phrase for navigating this. He used to say, you might be right, meaning that he accepted the possibility of the person he was talking to being correct and him being wrong. Now, if someone shared extreme beliefs with me, I wouldn't use that phrase, but 99% of discussions aren't that black and white. In most exchanges of views, telling someone you're just wrong, get over it, isn't going to change their mind, just like it wouldn't change ours. You can change someone's views more effectively by listening and asking questions to understand how they came to that belief, being genuinely curious, rather than probing for that moment where you can say, ha, I got you, you're wrong, which we're all guilty of sometimes. And you never know, through understanding another perspective better, you may change your own belief. Thich Nhat Hanh was very clear in his writings that we should not become attached to what we believe in, and this is something that I've been working on over the last few years. In the past, I've found someone challenging my beliefs as threatening and would get defensive. Learning to say you might be right was difficult, and I'm not afraid to admit that I would say it through gritted teeth at times. We tend to see our beliefs as fixed and permanent. It's sometimes seen as a good quality in a person if their values are written in stone. But if you think back to your early childhood, I'm sure you can think of many things that you believed in that you're probably slightly embarrassed about now. I used to believe that the Stone Roses were the greatest band of all time, and I'm still 100% correct about that. But it's important to recognise the impermanence of our beliefs. Just as some of our youthful ideas seem wrong to us now, the version of us in 20 years will see our current beliefs as naive. If we can see that they evolve over time, then we can get less defensive when we're challenged. And people are more likely to listen to your point of view if you're comfortable with being challenged on it anyway. Even if you're unhappy with what most people believe on a subject, you can remember that the collective consciousness is also impermanent and will shift over time. Sweden rescinded the ban on coffee a few years later and the country has become one of the world's top consumers, even having a break in their day called fika for a cup of joe and a pastry with friends. Fika is such an integral part of Swedish culture, it's both a noun and a verb, so you can fika in work, fika at home, fika in the woods. For the three Swedish people who listen to the podcast, please do email me and tell me everything that I got wrong in this episode, because of course, you might be right. So let's sit together for a guided meditation on the body. I'm going to start with three sounds of the bell and the usual settling in introduction.
We're going to start as we always do by applying our beginner's mind to our posture. And I would invite you to imagine that you have a thread attached to the crown of your head and it's gently pulling you upwards into an upright position. Your spine like a stack of coins. Your heart raised upwards and outwards. Your hands comfortably in your lap. And just allowing a gentle smile to emerge in your face as we enjoy the stability of our posture. Expanding that spotlight of awareness to your entire body. Noticing where you feel warm or cold. Noticing where you feel tense or relaxed. Becoming aware of the sensation of the clothes against your skin. And the points of contact between your body and the chair and the floor. Shifting our awareness to our thoughts and feelings. And as we go through the guided meditation, just noticing each thought as it arises. And that might be an anxious thought about tomorrow. It could be a happy thought about today. Or a sad thought about yesterday. Just sitting with each thought for a moment. Allowing it to leave. And gently, and without judgment, bringing your attention back to your breath. And finally, focusing your awareness in the breath, noticing that column of air between your nose and your diaphragm. Noticing how the air feels cooler on the way in. Warmer on the way out. Breathing in. I know I am breathing in. Breathing out. I know I am breathing out. In. Out.
Breathing in, my breath grows deep. Breathing out, my breath goes slow. Deep. Slow. Breathing in, I am aware of my body. Breathing out, I relax my body. Aware of body, relaxing body. Breathing in, I calm my body. 
breathing out, I care for my body, calming body, caring for body. Breathing in, I smile to my body. Breathing out, I feel ease in my body. Smile, ease.
Breathing in, I smile to my body. Breathing out, I release the tensions in my body. Smiling, releasing. Breathing in, I'm aware of my stable posture. Breathing out, I enjoy the stability. Stable posture, enjoying.
Breathing in, I feel joy. Breathing out, I enjoy peace and happiness. Joy, peace and happiness. And as we reach the end of that guided meditation, taken from Thich Nhat Hanh's Blooming of a Lotus 2nd Edition, just taking a moment to notice any changes in your body, any areas of relaxation, any areas of discomfort, and just taking a moment to stretch those or massage them, just whatever your body needs. Noticing any changes in your mind, And if you feel a sense of calm or peace, then I would invite you to carry that through the rest of your day. And finally, opening your eyes and returning your awareness to the room that you're in. And may you be happy, may you be peaceful, and may you see yourself through the eyes of understanding and compassion. Slana, will you? And I'll see you next time. i uh-huh.